Welcome to the Salsa Soul Food Podcast. In today's episode, we have a very creative and innovative guest, Alexa Gray. For the past six years, Alexa has worked as a professional photographer and as a marketing consultant for over 50 brands in the wellness space. And as an entrepreneur through her company, Alexa Gray & Co., she is also a health coach and studied with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and currently she is the head of social and community at Olipop, promoting digestive health through delicious herbal sparkling tonics. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Yay. So this is our Inspired Storytime series of the Salsa Soul Food podcast. So for each episode, we've been starting out with a couple of questions just to get our guests warmed up. So here in Massachusetts, we're kind of like exiting. I keep saying exiting, but leaving the winter behind, right? We're heading into spring. So we want everyone who's listening to kind of cozy up and kind of get those last winter vibes in. I know that you're in California, so it's a bit different. But the first question is, what do you do to keep cozy or to get cozy? Ooh, I love this question. Um... Well, I have been really into reading since quarantine began. It's just created so much time and space to get back into books. So I've been trying to read a book a month um, starting last year. And um, yeah, I just cozy up on my couch. I'll light candle, a candle or two and just get into come some cozy pajamas and read a book. And, um, sometimes I'll read to my fiance and he loves that and, you know, make a nice, like warm tonic or some tea. And I feel like that really gets me in the mood. And sometimes even just like a really chill podcast or, um, playlist has been really nice. So simple stuff, but yeah, those things definitely bring the cozy vibes to the surface. Nice. And another question is, what are you manifesting for 2021? It could be a word, a phrase, a project. Ooh, that's a really good one. Yeah. I thought a lot about this, obviously in the beginning of the year. And, um, I feel like there's different things in different categories, but I think the main thing is just, um, happiness and like happiness with where I'm at right now. And, in all things. And I think it's so great to aspire, but I think my goal is just to experience joy to the fullest right in the here and now, and just being able to really enjoy the moment. Yeah, I agree. Being present in the moment is, especially when we do have, sometimes we have a lot of quiet time during quarantine or a lot of time by ourselves, depending on your situation. And that's definitely those moments we can take advantage of those too. And so tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into like the health and wellness space. Yeah. So it started a long, long time ago. Um, My mother actually was really into health and wellness. She um, grew up on the East Coast and had been, um, you know, going to check out all these really cool co-ops and, you know, tried to be vegetarian as a kid. And so when she had me, she always took us to the health food store at the time it was mrs gooch's which later became whole foods here in la and she just always was into just whole foods wasn't really under a specific title but 
you know, she did a lot of home cooking and was kind of into living a natural lifestyle, always loved to take us out into nature. And just from being a kid, I mean, it was just so apparent that, you know, those values were important to her. And I remember even in high school, she would send me to school with like a Ziploc bag of vitamins and everyone would be like, what is all this stuff? And I was like, oh yeah, it's like omega-3 and vitamin D and B12. And people just like thought that was just like the craziest thing ever. So it was totally normal for me. Um, and we just vibed out on it together. And, you know, that's just it was just such a fun passion. And it just, you know, I think really unlocked a lot of things for me in the kitchen and going to farmer's markets. And it just like opened up so many worlds um, for me here being in Southern California too. Yeah. And I love, I love always asking guests that too, because it's cool to see how some people really grew up with the, like you, right. You were kind of exposed to certain things at a younger age, as far as like health and wellness goes and others like Mark and I, it was kind of like junk food and just like craziness. Yeah. You had your vitamin C and D and I had high C and sunny D and (laughs) yeah. uh. I mean, Hey, I would like sneak the sugar. Trust me. She would be, she was not into it, but I, I would, I always felt like I always wanted those foods and in a way, I don't know, she kind of primed me for healthy eating. So it's kind of all I ever knew, even though I wanted to rebel. I, I think in the end it was a good thing because it just made it so much easier to adapt because my palate was already, you know, used to all the health food stuff. So yeah, I get it. I get the struggle. No, that's, I love that. And so let it tell us how you got into the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So that's where I first met Alexa through the health coaching program. And yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Um, Just before that, I was working at a really cool production company in LA and I was working on commercials for brands like miracle Grow and McDonald's and Swiffer and like these high production, um, you know, sets. And I noticed that the food was just total crap. And at that time, I just knew that I had other passions outside of being a PA, even though I loved being on set. And I remember I would bring all of my healthy snacks, healthy meals on set. And I would feed all these like big beefy, like meaty guys on set who I was friends with. I was like, here's some carrots and celery and, you know, this homemade soup I made. And like, I just geeked out so hard and they thought it was so awesome. And they would laugh and, you know, I just became so obsessed with health and nutrition at the time and was doing like online conferences and attending other conferences. And I told my parents, I was like, I just don't know if I wanna be on set. I just feel like this isn't adding up to anything. Maybe I should do some further education in the wellness space. And so I was looking around and IIN definitely was just coming up on like all these Google searches and, you know, just seemed like a really great next step. So the next thing you knew, I just signed up and kind of started to transition out of production and into the world of wellness. And what do you think is something, because I know you're not actively working as a health coach now, but what are some things that you learned that you feel like you've implemented in your personal and professional life? Yeah, you know, I think it was a nice, I think for the program, like gives you such a good overview of everything like it doesn't dive super 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 deep into one thing like you get a really good overview which is a great first step I think for anyone that wants to get into nutrition so 
Um, I think my favorite takeaway was the idea of crowding out. And it's like this idea where you don't have to go cold Turkey onto like any diet or say yes or no, and have it be so black and white that even if you're not eating healthy right now, if you start to like add in more water that eventually crowds out, let's say less soda. So, you know, I think that that principle is really nice because it's not so black and white. And I think a lot of people feel sometimes that health and wellness has to be black and white. And it's like, oh, instead of having to let things go that I love, I'll just try adding things in and see what happens. So I think that's, you know, I think psychologically a little bit more, um, you know, easy for people to digest and no pun intended. And like, you know, I just, yeah, I think that, that really stuck with me, um, was that idea of crowding out. Um, I still feel I like, I think about that, you know, regularly, um, day to day. Oh, and the idea of cook once eat twice. That's always a really good tip, especially for home cooks. So I thought that was a really good one as well. Cause it's, it's hard to cook and batch cook, but if you can, you know, eat, cook once and eat two to three times, you really leverage all that time in the kitchen. So yeah, and those are great, right? Especially right now with COVID and quarantining. Those are like two easy, not easy, but great tips that people can start to think about and implement. So yeah, that's great. Definitely. And so, so you're a personal assistant, right? PA, you said, or a production assistant. Yeah, yeah. Production I'm sorry. Assistant. You're basically, uh, a, you're, you're getting everything for anyone at any time. So it, it's included. Okay. And so where, when did you start with photography and how did that kind of come into play? Yeah. So I started photography when I was, um, just about 13 years old. I was, um, always into art. My mom was an artist as well. And she signed me up for a photo program, um, in Venice beach, actually, where I li currently live today. And it was a film program and it was called Julia Dean photography school. And I think it was a summer course and we experimented with all different kinds of cameras and I remember it was my first time just going out. We would hang out at the boardwalk and, you know, we would start talking to people and meeting people and documenting what was happening there. And I actually fell really in love with skateboarding and photographing skateboarders out there. So that was just so fun. And I think it really just like allowed me to express myself. And I always love meeting people and adventuring and photography became this vehicle where you know, people love to have their photo taken. It was a great icebreaker and it really connected me to the outside world. And I just loved everything that had to do with film. Like we did Polaroids, we did pinhole, we did medium format, we did 35 millimeter and, you know, just kind of gave me this sense of um, freedom and autonomy that um, I just really enjoyed. And from there I did my mom would sign me up for a photo program every single summer and it evolved to, you know, taking classes in New York city to traveling abroad to Thailand and Burma and doing like a documentary style photography program. And I just became so in love with it. And it just really was always something that I loved. And, and then I, I studied at Bard college and, and majored in fine art photography. And I never thought that it would be something that I would do. Um, but it's just so interesting because a lot of people complain that they don't get a lot out of a liberal arts education, but I feel like everything I learned at Bard, especially in the photo program, like it truly informs how I do marketing today. So I feel that I got 
a lot out of it. And, um, you know, it's played a huge role in my professional life and is still a passion today. Okay. So tell us how you got into becoming an entrepreneur with Alexa Gray and co. And it seems like you were able to incorporate sort of all of your passions in one place. Yeah. I mean, it was so interesting. I remember feeling like after I graduated college, I was assisting photographers and then I got into the production and I kind of was just picking up all these wacky jobs. I just like wanted to work so badly. So I did dog walking. I was a mother's assistant and I was just trying to find my flow. I was trying to even do the health coaching and it just didn't feel right to me or something wasn't clicking. And I just knew in my mind and in my heart that I was like, whatever I do is going to like fuse everything together in one thing. And I might need to even invent a job for myself to do that. So it kind of stemmed from an authentic passion where I had a blog called Superfood Super Life back in the day. And I was just documenting everything I learned from IIN to the recipes I was making. And I was just putting myself out into the world and I would go to really cool events. Um, one that stood out was like Mercado Sagrado, which was like an artisan fair in LA. And I just met all these amazing people who were herbalists and makers. And I started becoming friendly with them and I would document, I would, I would, become friendly with them and say, Hey, I want to interview you for my blog. And the blog then became this vehicle and outlet to meet people, to document their stories. So I would go to the home of an herbalist, let's say, and I would photograph them. Um, one, one of them was uh, Carrie Jansen from Poppy and Someday, who still has one of my favorite like beauty skincare herbal lines um, today. And she just really knew her stuff. I love documenting her, her studio space with the herbs everywhere and just seeing just that she grew some of her own herbs. And it was so nice to take photos of her. She lives up, um, you know, in one of the canyons in LA. And we just had this magical time together. And it just, I just shared that on the blog and it really came to life and it became the space of documenting wellness. And then I came across a brand um, called Omica Organics. And at the time, like they had like some of my favorite biodynamic products and my favorite stevia. And we met at a health and wellness conference. And I noticed that their Instagram just like really wasn't up to par, but their products were amazing. And I thought to myself, wow, maybe I should like offer photography skills and marketing. And cause I was doing my own Instagram at the time and networking a lot on that platform. And I thought maybe I could do that for other brands and brands that really need it, who don't know how to do that. And I could definitely do the photography. So I kind of just jumped right on the horse, talked to my contact at Omica, the founder Rafi and is amazing. And so I started doing that and they were my first client. And I just came up with a financial structure. I was taking pictures. I was managing the account. I was helping with the gifting because I had a lot of friends that were influencers in the wellness space. And I was writing for magazines like the chalkboard magazine. And so I was just kind of helping to plant these seeds. And so my world and marketing just started from this, I would say just passionate space. And I learned a lot along the way for sure. Wow. Because um because you said you wanted to kind of create that job and you basically did with with this with that first marketing opportunity. What was your official title when working with them? 
Yeah, I honestly, I was an outside contractor and they never gave me anything official. It was more just kind of project to project basis. But at that time it was, you know, social media manager, um, content creator, mm. um, you know, with a, with a little blend inside of PR and kind of some marketing. But a lot of it was just learning on the go because and intuitive marketing in a way. Um, both of my parents were entrepreneurs and I grew up watching them. They had many various successful companies. So like as a kid, I just would like hang out in their office and listen to them and watched how they figured out business. And I think that kind of informed my training a little bit on, on business. And I just always loved it. I assisted them even as a kid. So I kind of watched how they learned and developed this growth mindset. Like you don't need to know everything. Like I don't have a degree in marketing, but now that's my career. So, you know, it's pretty amazing, you know, with enough tenacity and with that growth mindset, um, you know, and some, some basic, some great core basics, you can really go super far. Um, and, you know, for many, many years, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to make something click. And I remember that feeling of just like wanting to be set in my career and wanting that financial piece to really sink in. And it was hard to like, hold on and keep the vision but I just knew in my heart, like it felt like following little breadcrumbs. I was like, okay, it started with my blog and then it led to the Omica brand. And then they told me about someone else and it just was like following breadcrumbs. And I just was so happy the whole time. And I loved, I loved it. And, you know, ultimately having my own business was a whole other story and whirlwind. And I'm in house now with Olipop, which I, I really prefer for this time and, and space, but, um, you know, you really can just do so much now. Um, there's so much that's available to us. So it was a pretty amazing, um, experience during that time. Yeah. And I love what you said too, about, you knew that you had to almost create a new profession. I was just talking to one of my friends who's been on the show, Denise, and she's going through a career coaching program. And she was saying the same thing to me. She's like, it sounds like what you want to do is something that needs to be created. So I love that you said that and giving people like that permission and that creativity that new things are created all the time. So we just have to give ourselves that space. And it seems like that's exactly what you did to now be where you are. So yeah, totally. It takes a certain level of bravery to, to be outside of the box and your comfort zone because society really trains us to just fall in line and do what our family wants us to do. And I was really lucky to have a supportive entrepreneurial family. Like, I think they really understood that, but it, it can be really challenging when you have outside pressures because, you know, I think I knew that I really wanted to be happy and I really wanted to be successful and that what I did for my career didn't have to be my everything. And so there's like this balance too, where, you know, what you might do for your career might not exist yet, but, you know, hopefully it just brings you joy because you spend, we spend, we can spend a lot of time doing it depending on where we're at in our lives. So I really, I felt like joy was always at the forefront and, you know, at times I didn't know how to balance my work and personal life. And that was a whole four year journey where I felt like I just didn't know how to stop or slow down. And that was my challenge. And I've really learned how to do that, especially now at my job at Olipop. And I feel like I'm, my performance is so much greater now that I've learned that balance too. So 
being an entrepreneur and, and inventing jobs can be great, but sometimes there can be this crazy cycle of, you know, how do I stop it because I'm my own boss. And so that was something that, you know, there were some rough moments there for sure as well. Um, when you were talking about the, the, the pressures, whether it be from family could also be just financial pressures as well. Um, and a lot of people who might be in like transitioning periods or even just growing, um, their new, their new position, they could feel the pressure to have a safety. And did at any point, did you say, if this doesn't work out, if I can't make money doing this, this is my fallback or some people don't even do that. They say this is all or nothing kind of situation. Where were you? Yeah, you know, it was such an interesting time. I feel like with my family, they, you know, they didn't come, they came from very humble means and a simple background and they both were very driven. They came out to LA from the East Coast and they started to build their businesses together and they did very well. And then um, in 2008, it was a huge crash for everyone. And especially for us, they were working in marketing and in print specifically. And that was really rough. And, um, you know, my mother was sick at the time. We were in private school and it just all added up and was just really, really, really challenging. And I remember that was a really challenging time for our family in general. But you know, there were, um, you know, there was a rebound from that, um, that time where my mom had, she was just, my mom, actually, she had, she passed away a few years ago. Um, and she was just this unbelievable person where like, even when she was sick, she started a skincare line that became one of like the top skincare lines that all these doctors private label, and it became wildly successful. And she did that while she was sick. And so I just, looked up to her and saw how much of a warrior, badass, you know, woman that she was. And I feel like that really informed me to show me like who I really am and what I'm made of and like that lineage that I come from. And so even though we were going through so much struggle and at that time too, like my family just said, you know, we can't really support you. And we had, you know, we kind of went from having a little to having a lot to having a little again. So it really forced me to be on my toes to learn financial basics and to hustle really, really hard. And so, you know, I'm really grateful for that challenge because, you know, I feel like it, ta it taught me that I will always be able to survive no matter what happens and how to think ahead and how to make smart decisions and to not th take things for granted and to really value the dollar and my hard work and, um, my family really instilled those values in me. And I think it really informs how I treat other people and how I come to work and, and view and view, you know, view life now. And, you know, even, you know, like that's that kind of that saying too, it's like, you might be on the high one day and on the low the next day. And, you know, how are you going to treat people how you are in all those different places? So just having like, that humble perspective and that sense of respect and understanding for when other people are going through a tough time and how to have someone else's back or give someone else opportunity when they're going through a rough time. And that, you know, when you're on your high and vice versa, when you're struggling, you know, are there people that can help you out or give you an opportunity or a business lead? And it's just this dance, you know, it's like never constant. And I think, you know, always good to, you know, it just, it just really taught me a lot. And I think even though it was a struggle, I'm so grateful for the perspective.
Awesome. And from all of the brands that you've worked with, can you describe one of your favorites or maybe a very unique experience that you had? Oh man. Well, obviously I'm going to say Olipop because Olipop all the freaking way. I worked, like you said, with over 50 brands in the space from skincare brands to chocolate brands to influencers with over a million followers and just everything in between. So I've met, I've worked with a lot of incredible people and I learned so much along the way, but I, I do have to say that culturally, um, David Lester and Ben Goodwin, the co-founders of Olipop are just truly two of my heroes in life in the way they run this brand. And it really feels like ethical business 2.0. Like they, I've worked with these guys for over five years. They were a client of mine with their previous, um, beverage venture. And I have just seen them mature in such a graceful and beautiful way. Um, the way they treat their employees is, you know, outstanding. And it's really, they really set the, the quality standard. And, you know, I think that that's why the brand translates, um, you know, to the level that it's success that it does because, and I was just talking to Ben about this the other day, but the root of the business and, and the priorities, um, you know, and the values have been so clear from day one and people that come into the brand are just, you know, their, their minds are blown because they're like, wow, it's the first time I feel safe to talk during a meeting or wow. When I am having a hard day, I can take a day off because we have unlimited paid time off with like the respect and understanding that we will, uh, we know that's a privilege. And so, it's just amazing to watch them navigate it. And I went from having my own business and to be quite honest, it was really hard to navigate. I, I felt like I was kind of spiraling out of control and saying yes to a ton of stuff to now saying no to all of that and just focusing on one brand, putting everything into it and seeing, I think my output to uh, be much greater and like really show my gifts in this, this focused way. And, you know, I just feel like Olipop, I've had an amazing relationship with this brand and I feel like it's just very healthy. That's like the word that comes to mind. And I feel like the goal for everyone is to like, to feel that sense of health and well being in their, um, in their careers financially and in their purpose and mission and what they do. Like that's, it's such a amazing feeling. And I really, um, wish that for everyone who wants that as well. So yeah, I'd say Olipop all the way. Yeah. And I think it's important too that like you have a great experience where you came from sort of the entrepreneur and you felt like it was getting a bit hectic and we oftentimes sometimes forget that we need boundaries or structure in place to almost let us like thrive, like you said, because sometimes I think we we feel like restricted or it's the opposite. And so that's nice for people to hear. And yeah. tell us about Olipop. Like, what is the product? And we want to know all about it. We're sipping on some right now. Angela oh brought over God. a can right there. Yes. There it is. I have to send you guys some. Look at you go. Vintage yes. Oh, wait, should we oh, toast? So good. No, that's cheesy. What, what is that? <laughs> I was like, should we toast? No. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, I have the coaster on. Oh, there. you can totally toast. I'm all for it. Toast away. Um, so Olipop is a sparkling prebiotic botanical beverage, aka functional soda, aka soda 2.0. And it's a 10 year, 10 plus year in the making product. 
So Ben Goodwin, the co-founder who I mentioned previously, um, was a formulator and was designing and creating a lot of products in the gut space for a long, long time, like kefirs and, um, uh, you know, all these types of fermented products and kombuchas. So he just had a robust background and, um, he was, you know, he grew up on the standard American diet, experienced a lot of trauma around that kind of eating and in life. And, you know, later became super passionate about health and wellness and, you know, years and years of working and looking at the market and seeing how can I have the greatest impact on society and saw that soda was, you know, one of those products that just has a huge, you know, household penetration and that like tons of people were drinking it. And it was obviously um, associated with the host of, you know, imbalances and issues in our society. So, he decided to go after that and um, met up with David Lester, the co other co-founder who had a background in uh, marketing and in, came from the world of working in um, spirits and alcohol. And, you know, the two just masterminds kind of came together to create Olipop. And um, like I had mentioned too, I had worked with them on a previous sparkling kefir venture and it tasted soda-like as well, but I would say Olipop kind of took the whole thing to the next level. And Ben was also looking at research in the gut space, um, specifically um, at, uh, you know, Justin and Erica Sonnenberg's lab at Stanford, where they do a lot of research on gut and microbiome health and noticed that prebiotics um, became an emerging space for how to support the microbiome and how important the microbiome is in general and how it, you know, sends signals to our brain to release certain hormones. And, you know, it's pretty unbelievable stuff. And I just started to research it myself after working with them. And, you know, we grew everything from scratch from one store to one follower to just everything at the very, very beginning. And it's just amazing to see how, you know, like we're in over 5,000 stores nationwide now. And, you know, we have a robust, you know, thriving, you know, uh, direct to consumer um, market on retail and online. And it's just very exciting to see the brand take off. It's really out of all the brands I've consulted for, I've worked for, this one has definitely reached, you know, the, the, this a height where I've never been to yet before. So it's pretty amazing stuff to experience day to day. Um, and, you know, started with like four employees and now we're over 30 and just things like that have been really incredible. And they've just brought on unbelievably talented individuals who I learn from every day and, you know, it's just, it's, it's just remarkable. It's like, there are really no words. It's just every day I'm excited to do what I do with them. So yeah, glad you're drinking it. That's exciting. Yeah. And congratulations to you and the company. I, I wanted to ask you too, where do they source the, the plants and herbs that are sort of like the base, right? For the, for the drink. Yeah. So a lot of those, um, so a lot of it's proprietary, so I can't say like which companies mm -hmm. we source it from and stuff, but you know, a lot of it it's, so it's all certified non-GMO. We have a non-GMO, the actual cert from that, um, from non-GMO project, which will be on the cans coming soon. Um, but a lot of it's from, you know, various parts of the world. Um, we try to get local as much as possible. Um, and if you look at the side can of Olipop, you'll see like, 
these very interesting ingredients such as nopal cactus, kudzu root, marshmallow root, um, calendula flower. And, you know, those were herbs and botanicals I had been into for so long. So it was very cool that, you know, the, you know, the soluble fiber in there um, actually in the can gets into your body when you drink a can of Olipop. So just very exciting, but yeah, just, you know, there's one main partner that we source from that. I know I'm not allowed to say just for competitors and all of that stuff, but it's a wonderful, they're a wonderful resource and we work with top quality producers and, you know, we're always testing thing, the ingredients and um, yeah, excited to have the non-GMO cert as well for, for that category. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I love that it's introducing another word, like another um, vocabulary word into like American society is like prebiotic because we've heard so much about probiotics and prebiotic, like you said, is the fiber. It's kind of what we get from our food typically. So just so um, the listeners can understand that because they might be like, what is a prebiotic? And totally. so now they can they can like throw that into their um, knowledge and like health toolkit. So I love that that's what they're doing and educating. Yeah, it's your new vocab word of the week. And like, a lot, that's like the biggest thing, the biggest misconception is that Olipop has probiotics. And the reason why we focus on prebiotics and kind of the analogy that we like to tell people is, is imagine if, you know, you, your, your gut is like a desert and, you know, you have all these little seeds and like, those are like the living probiotics, but if you don't water them and give them what they need to grow, then, you know, it's just going to stay this arid desert. And so the prebiotics help to feed the probiotics essentially. So they work together in tandem and you don't want to starve your living bacteria and the more diverse your bacteria, um, the healthier your microbiome. And we're seeing more and more now how important the microbiome is and how even people reference it as the second brain. And, um, you know, it's just immensely important in so many, um, you know, functions of our, our body just outside of our gut. So it's been an amazing space to learn all about that stuff as well. And what's your favorite flavor? Ooh, it's a great question. Um, I, it was ginger lemon and then orange squeeze came out and that orange squeeze is just so good. Like, I don't know what it is. I just, I'm, I'm crazy for it. So the orange squeeze is definitely my new favorite flavor. And fun fact, it's got 160% of your recommended daily vitamin C. So if you want to, you know, for, especially for kids, like if they're drinking, you know, straight up orange juice or Fanta, like that stuff has so much yeah. sugar in it. So we're really proud to offer, you know, something that is fruity and citrusy, but you know, is like less than five grams of sugar. It's just, you know, we're just very excited about that. Awesome. Orange squeeze has become your main squeeze is what you would say. Absolutely. <laughs> every day, all day, every day. I'm all about it. Yeah. From one squeeze to the next. I'll have to try that. I loved the ginger lemon because I did try a couple um, like two weeks ago and I'll have to try the orange, orange squeeze, right? Yeah, totally. Well, I'll, have, I'll send you, I'll have to send you guys some. Sweet. Yeah. I love that. And so kind of tell us a little bit about um, what goes into marketing and like sort of what you do essentially for those who may not know exactly what goes into it. Yeah. Oh my God. Marketing is such a fascinating space. And it's interesting because I kind of started, you know, I kind of started in the world of art and then I went into health coaching and then, and then into marketing. And so I feel like all of my training in the art space 
um, and in the health space really informed how I market. And I, and I think a lot to myself too, like, how would I, and it's hard to do this sometimes because you're so in the weeds, but how would I interpret the marketing as a consumer? And so that was always the perspective I took, you know, because in what I'm doing for the marketing, it could be, you know, uh, creating a marketing plan for the year ahead, um, you know, working on concepts and partnerships with other brands, uh, setting up photo shoots, creating a vision, um, maintaining the integrity, the visual integrity of the brand, pushing that story. Um, so, you know, it's, it's such a vast space. Um, but I, I feel that, uh, my art background has really informed my relationship to the brand and it's a very creative, bright, um, I would say joyful brand to look at. And, and part of my role is to run um, our social media. And so Instagram has been one of the main uh, responsibilities for me since day one. And that is really the first place a lot of people see us is on Instagram. So we've just had a lot of fun working on that space in that space and on that platform because it's so visual. And, you know, I've just learned a lot along the way of kind of how to market on social media, what that looks like for a brand and how to do it authentically. And I think a lot of what I see on social media and I personally struggle with social media a lot um, actually. And it's something that I have to have a very conscious relationship of. Um, I'm getting a light phone. If you guys haven't heard of that, it's basically like a Kindle that works as a phone as my main phone because I'm on social media for work. So I wanna have a healthier balance with it. But, you know, it's like, it's amazing. You have direct access to your consumers in an unbelievable way for the first time. So, you know, we just have a lot of fun on there and, and, and there's so many areas of marketing to focus on. But I would say, you know, working with David Lester, the co-founder, he came from an agency background and really mentored me on some of the just structural things to have in place for a marketing campaign. What is a campaign? how to idea stack, um, you know, how to leverage, you know, your lift and, you know, how to get all your ducks in a row. Cause I was kind of a little bit of a hot mess when I was first starting. I'm not going to lie. Like I was just throwing things out there all the time. I, I wasn't putting presentations and decks together um, and taking that time to really sit and think. And so he really taught me how to do that. And then and then the marketing became so much more impactful and powerful. And, you know, you throw in like an amazing project organizer. We have an amazing project um, manager who came from Rothy's who's on our team. And she's like, psh, like blown my mind away. And, you know, just all of these things, it's like the creative working with the organizational aspect of it, working with, you know, the, the science and all the latest education that's coming out that we can use. And it's just, I don't know, at this point, it's very intuitive. Um, I would say a lot of the marketing I do, a lot of ideas come from just like meditating and being present with the brand and reading and looking around and ideas will come and I'll write them down. Um, but I would say it's like, I've learned to fine tune the kind of creative side of my work and now really finding fine tuning the organizational side and they just like work so well together. And I think you kind of need both. Um, and just working out ahead of yourself is a great way to set yourself up for success from a marketing perspective too, and alleviate some stress. So it's a space I love to talk about, but that's just kind of a general 
perspective, I would say, on where things are at for me. It's so cool that uh, you said a lot of your ideas come from meditating or reading or something instead of like exactly how you said you're going to have a light phone. It's not like going on social media is helping you much with with your ideas. You oh, know, yeah. Like... I don't I don't look at anyone. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Like I would joke about it. I people are like, oh, my God, like, you know, like, are you looking at what what other Instagrams do you love looking at? And I literally for the first year of Olipop, like. I maybe would look at like our competitors Instagram like once or twice, maybe Mm. like I just was so focused on our stuff and my whole mentality is like, I want to invent a new way to do social media. I want to invent a new way to communicate to the customer. Like I don't want to copy. I want to invent new ways to do this. And so I became so focused on that goal that I wasn't really looking around much. I wasn't even really impressed to tell you the truth. And I would look at like art and other, you know, other sources of inspiration and meditation's always been a really big part of my life. And I, I just feel like, like that ideas, like, I just know how to relate to that side of myself now where I'm like, oh, like, like I'll think of like, oh, here's like my challenge for this upcoming campaign. And like, I'm just sitting there and like, boop, it just like, it just, it just comes, you know, and you know, there, there's more research and things that come after that to make it successful. But, you know, being able to be quiet, um, I really feel like so many ideas flow from this like intuitive space and you have to really be quiet enough to, to hear them sometimes. Yeah, I definitely agree 100%. I have like a love-hate relationship with social media and I'm not like a marketer or my social media, if you saw it, you'd probably have like, you'd probably give me so many great critiques, (laughs) but I have like such a hard time with consistency because I, I need a lot of downtime and quiet. So, but I do love like the brightness and the color and like the beauty that can come from social media, right? Like you can create so many things. And I do love the, um, the Olipop, um, Instagram, by the way, too. Thank I wanted you. to tell you, it's so nice. Thank you so much. So yeah, it's nice to to hear you say that because for you, it, it becomes a job, right? Even if somebody's an influencer or a doctor through social media, whatever it is, it becomes a full-time job. Yeah, I just feel like we're the first generation to really experience the transition of life before, but first of all, before having cell phones and after having cell phones and then before social media and after, like, I, I'm sure like we're within a similar age and like, we've seen both sides of that coin and it's a stark, vastly stark and different reality, I would say. And I don't think one, I don't think having social media has made us any happier, you know? And I, I, I really think back to like, to what matters and at the end of our lives, will we look back and say, oh my God, I wish I had seen everyone's Instagram stories or, oh my God, I wish I just was always up to date on the news. And I've been meditating on this a lot recently. And I feel that my social media use personally is a little out of control and I need to grab it by the, I need to grab the steering wheel a bit because it feels like it's driving me instead of Mm -hmm. me driving it right now. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. And like, it feels a little out of control because it's so addictive and it like, you know, sparks off that, that little serotonin or sorry, that dopamine release in our brain when we're like infinite scrolling. And while it's fun, while it connects us to the world, while it can teach you amazing things and educate you, there has to be that healthy balance because how often can we just stop and do nothing anymore? And how often can we just let ourselves be bored or 
how often can we just go get a cup of coffee and like not every single person in line be on their phone and like a challenge that I want to pose for myself is like, okay, can I have, can I set up some healthy boundaries for work? And then can I just go be out in the world? And so that's why I'm excited about the light phone. Mm. We're actually going to do a giveaway with them for Olipop. So I should enter that giveaway when it comes out because they're amazing phones. And I just think what they're doing is so great. Like, you know, it does like five, the five main functions you need and like call it a day. And I just like, I feel like life is for the living. And I think that the, the way that social media can like, make us feel less than, or, you know, make us feel like we're not enough. is just like not healthy. And it just has to, it has, it has to stop, you know? So, so whatever I put out onto the Olipop channel for me intentionally has to, to raise people's energies up and make them feel good because I'm so clear about how social media can make me feel bad. And so when I first started that platform, I just was very, very crystal clear. Like I want to uplift everyone. I want people to come here and have a good time. And I want them to feel the sense of joy because I know that other side of social media is like very powerful and quite dangerous, you know, to be honest. And so I, you know, definitely take that to heart when we're publishing work. And, you know, I think personally, I'm, I'm definitely on this you know, this mission to kind of figure it out. And we all have to do that for ourselves. And that's kind of hard, you know, to do it. We're the first generation to figure it out. So I think we need each other and need to be having these conversations so that we can be healthy and be okay and go live our lives and be able to put the phone down and figure out like what that looks like. So that's been on on my mind a lot. And I'm sure you guys can totally relate as well as being in this generation. Yeah, agreed. And kind of like within that same line of thinking with marketing, where do you see it going or where do you see that it can really help in the area of diversity and inclusion? I feel like for at least for me, like once I entered kind of the IIN space, you know, it was definitely a very privileged area where it was predominantly like white middle class um, women who are becoming health coaches, right? And so now, obviously, we're seeing more people and things like that. But it's interesting because a lot of the h- things that come into health and wellness really come from like India or parts of Asia or South America, parts of Africa, like just different places in the world. But then we kind of take it. So how can marketing kind of like guide us through that and give people, lift people up and give people credit and like kind of what you're saying about social media, show others that they belong in the space and they're, they can also be leaders, like things like that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I totally felt that way too about the wellness space that it was like primarily white, affluent, female, um, dominant. And I think that I was always from the beginning of working at Olipop, um, I always was very clear at like, especially like representation, especially with our models. And, you know, that was, that was a really big deal for me to be able to select models. So I remember we did, you know, for various campaigns, like I was always really clear on having more diversity and representation in those, in those shoots. So that became a way for me to exercise that, um, that need to, to show representation and diversity. And it's still something that I get to work on to this day that, feels really important. Like, you know, like there are some brands where, where you're like, oh my God, it's like only white people on the entire feed. And it's just a lot. And I think we're living in a time now where people are waking up to kind of like 
you know, how like frightening that is and the messages that that can send and how intimidating that can be, right? It's like, imagine, you know, being African-American and you're like, oh my God, this brand does not see me at all. This brand doesn't represent me at all. So just trying to put oneself into someone else's shoes, you know? And I think that's kind of what this, especially with this past year with like this amazing movement of, you know, just like the Black Lives Matter movement, just growing and increasing in everyone's consciousness. It's been amazing to learn more. And I would say for me as like a privileged, like white millennial, like and female, I just feel like I've learned so much along the way of just how to see things from a different perspective and was like completely humbled and like beside myself to know more and more about how unfair our country can be and the atrocities that happen every single day and just making space to care. And I don't have to know all the answers, but I do know in my heart that I do care and that I want to use my power for good and to push the conversation further. So for marketing, um, one of the initiatives I started to do was, um, and we were working, we were having conversations with them even prior to um, all of the protests in the summer, but um, this amazing black owned co-op called Mandela's that's based in Oakland. Um, uh, I've been working with this amazing individual named um, Adriana and she is such a badass. I mean, they have tons of programs where they give back to the community, whether it's, you know, free meals on the first Sundays of every month to free groceries to those who can't afford it, to having healthy food available. You can buy them on food stamps. I mean, they're just providing a tremendous service to having healthy food available in a food desert. And so, you know, we've done a lot with those guys, whether that was gifting Olipop to making financial contributions. Um, we did a really cool limited edition tote bag since art and creativity is really our thing. Um, and we did a whole fun gifting um, you know, round with influencers in the Bay Area to support the awareness of them. And so in that case, I was like, oh, how do I create something that's meaningful and work with people who already kind of know what they're doing and authentically connect to our brand? Because you do see a lot of tokenism in the space. And it's really important that, you know, like that's just not happening. And that, and, and that for me too, like maintaining long-term relationships is really really important to me and whether that be like influencers who i've worked with from day one to always maintaining and deepening this relationship to mandela's you know that just became something to me like that's my authentic way of like holding up our relationship and getting to know each other as people so you know that became a project that was near and dear to my heart and then um, there's also an amazing uh, uh, thing in LA and actually across the United States um, here, it's called Mid-City Fridge. And you can actually fill up fridges all over town with food and drinks and snacks and anyone can take it at any time. There's no cost. So that became a fun way. We put Olipop in those guys and they're super cool. Um, and even just before COVID, um, I was helping to curate events and it was always really important that everyone we invited that first of all that the event was free and second of all that the event you know obviously we'd invite some influencers but i wanted to invite super fans i wanted to invite people of all ages people with kids without kids you know depending on the event but i just thought why not just open it up why does every event have to feel like an influencer like party or a cool kids club and like i grew up in la i know all about that world 
And I just wanted to create something different. And even when I was a kid, um, one thing I did in high school was I started a, a group called Art Tribe. And it was this, it became this, it still runs today, actually, but it's this like huge art curated art show of students work. And it, it I basically brought kids all together from all of LA and we got to put our art up for sale and give back and you know, we like that first year I helped to put it on, we raised over $50,000 for charity. So it was like in my blood to like break boundaries, bring people together, you know, create an impact. And like that run, that art tribe group runs independently without me to this day. It was just passed down from generation to generation. So I want to bring all those learnings from that into Olipop. And, you know, I, I feel that the way that I talk to people, the way that I just do everything, I really try to make a difference. And I don't, again, don't have to have all the answers, but just, you know, paying attention. I know that they'll, they'll come and in doing research and, and reading that, that will also support it. Yeah, no, I love that. And making just people feel ex- um, not not making people feel excluded. Right. Like you said, with those events and because that's so intimidating uh, to me being from the East Coast, like anything like L.A. Do you have the same vibes about that? I don't know why. It yeah, just feels bit. like, yeah, it's it could, you know, it's all in that vibe. Right. Like mm-hmm. even when people would walk through the door. I would be there welcoming them, hugging them, saying hi. Like I love to host and throw parties like pre-COVID. Like I can't wait to do that after COVID. But, Mm. you know, I just like the way you make someone feel when they walk through the door, like don't let them have to feel scared and figure it out. Like welcome someone in and set a tone. And that's honestly the way I like try to do everything like work-wise and life-wise. Like wherever I go, I just try to set that tone because you never know what people are going through, right? Like someone could just be going through so having such a hard day or, you know, and maybe you just being kind and welcoming someone in, like you just change their whole day. And I think you just, you know, you, you, you know, you collect more bees with honey. And so I, yeah. I, I really lived through that. And, and LA is not always the most warm and welcoming place. So even though I still live here, like I, again, just try to like break down that boundary and say, you know what, like we can do better. Like, like, like you, you know, it, it pays to be warm and welcoming, you know? And I think that, um, it just, it goes a really long way. Um, you know, you just never know what someone else is going through. So I know for me, people have done that for me. And so it just feels like returning the favor in a way. Oh, that warm, welcoming attitude would warm my cold, dead Boston heart. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I know the East Coast is not is not hip with all of this at all. It's definitely no, like well, you know, yeah. it depends. No, it depends on like my whole family's from the East Coast, so I totally get that side, and my both my parents included. So like, you know, I think that. I think there's like a healthy balance. It's like not being fake nice, just being mm-hmm. authentically nice and being being like, hey, if I was someone coming into event an event and I didn't have someone with me, how would I want the host to make me feel? Like what would be really cool of them to do? You know, greet me at the door, ask me how I'm doing, set me up with what, what to do next. So I just try to think of like those little things and I think it makes Very such nice. a big difference, you know? For sure. We want to, we're going to come to one of your events one day in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, maybe I'll come work. I mean, we're, we're going to be doing some stuff on the East coast too. So maybe you won't even have to travel so far. Yeah, no, that'd be amazing. Oh, you let us know. Yeah, I will definitely <laughs> let you know. Trust me. We're coming in hot on the East coast. Sweet. 
Uh, so the name of the podcast is Salsa Soul Food. So salsa represents sort of physical activity in your life, whether it's some type of goal or just new hobby. Soul represents nourishing activity or sort of self-care. And then food is, of course, in the name food, but uh, sort of you your relationship. Get the point. Yeah. <laughs> relationship with food, maybe recipes you're trying out or maybe some type of elimination diet or lifestyle. So tell us like within each area, if there's something like a goal you're working on or just something you're having fun with. So in salsa, soul and food. Amazing. Such a great name. First of all, love salsa. Who doesn't love salsa? Um, <laughs> salsa actually makes me think of salsa dancing for some reason. And I, I was a dancer as a kid and I started to dance a lot even recently, like during quarantine and before quarantine. So oh, you're doing like Zuma dances or something like that. Zuma. I haven't heard that yet. That's funny. <laughs> 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 I love that. I haven't done a Zuma, but I've been just playing music. We actually, um, I'm organizing our first digital event for Olipop this year. Um, we're working with um, uh, James Alsop, um, who does choreography um, for people like Beyonce and Lady Gaga. So James is going to be doing an event for Olipop and it's going to be an amazing dance class that's free on Instagram Live. I think on April 10th or 11th, but we'll be posting it. So that's something that it kind of, I think, fuses like my, you know, love for dancing as well as, um, oh yeah, April 10th. So stay tuned for that. But cool. I just love to dance. I feel like that's really, it just helps me break free of my work mindset, helps me put my phone down. And I just like, I love to have a dance party to like 90s music is like my jam. So nice. that's been you know, a really fun thing. Um, I think, you know, some other goals um, are like, you know, I think what came up in our conversation was like the phone thing and learning how to like put the phone down and create some boundaries. Um, I think travel is going to come back a little bit more too. So just like how to like, you know, put some bucket list places on, on, you know, on, on my list and, and start to get out in the world again. And like, I just love nature so much. Um, I love my art and my photography and just making space for all these passions. Um, cause I feel like we've been home and we've been getting to like fuse all of our passions at home, but you know, I'm just like excited to be out again and like relate to people and take everything that I learned from quarantine. It was like such a cocoon like phase. And I feel like I learned so much and I don't think I'll ever take being with people for granted and even being, being able to be out and just go like, say hi to people is just such a blessing. And I feel so grateful. So, you know, I think my goals, you know, and the ways I feel like I nourish myself are very much through like community and the collective. And my goal is to create like healthy, safe spaces for people to feel good and to connect again, because I think we're like all a little like, like, check like checked out from so much tech and i think we need to like check in to our bodies through dance through nature movement yummy food and you know art's always been my thing but i feel like it's kind of you know a combination of like these passions that have followed me through life and then just using the vehicle of of work and play to 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 continue on with them so you know and not being afraid to like be vulnerable with people I feel like that's another one too like that that always nourishes me when like 
you know, you're, you're able to, you know, when people ask you like how your day is and you like actually tell them or you tell a story and, you know, just put, trying to put the phone down and just be mm. like, Hey, I like dig your shoes. Where are those from? Like, whatever it is, like, just, just learning to how to connect with people because I feel like we're such a social species and by being home so much, we haven't had so much time. So I really feel like you're the title of, of the podcast inspires me to share how the true food is connecting to one another. So. I love that. That's a good, that's a good answer that goes up like in the books. Yep. As one of our best answers. one of the tops. Yeah. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank you so much. And tell everyone where they can find you and Olipop yeah. on social media. So I just, I mostly post a lot of personal stuff now on my site. Um, sometimes I post about other products, but um, Alexa Gray and Co. Um, is on is me on Instagram. And then if you want to see my work, um, it's Drink Olipop on Instagram. And there's websites on linked on both of those. And yeah, everything's easy to find through the gram. So check us out there. Give us a follow and you can definitely stay tuned for some amazing events and things coming up on the Olipop channel. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. I loved learning more about the marketing from your perspective and your experience and Olipop. And I just love, I remember like back in the day when I first met you and now it's cool to see your transformation, but also I've always just loved your aesthetic. Like from what I know from like Instagram and then seeing your background, I'm like, it's just so, so beautiful. Aww, so it's, thank it's you so, so much for saying that. Thank yeah. you for saying that. I really appreciate I know there's a lot to look at. So I, you know, I really take that uh, to heart and I really, really appreciate it a lot. And it's so cool. We've like known each other for a while. So it's like, it's amazing. You, you kind of see how, you know, where you are now is not where you're going to be in a few years. And it's just like, it's exciting. I think it creates a lot of opportunity and I'm just so proud of you and your amazing podcast too. It's like so freaking badass. So congrats on that. Heck yeah. I think we're going to cheers to not only you and Olipop, but also the, fa the fact that no matter what room that you go into in your house is a great background. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought we were going to like touch glasses. No, maybe know. not now. Maybe not nowadays, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, yeah. I know. COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> I'm like trying to grab your glass to like do that. So sorry. <laughs> That's great. Well, That's great you guys end. are welcome anytime. So come on by. Come on to sunny LA. You can come check out, check out the all these backgrounds I got going on here. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. You were great. Yeah, yeah.